Good morning. Welcome to Living Loud Outdoors. On the microphone with you on a Sunday morning. Beautiful Sunday morning, state of Oklahoma. We are uh, hopefully headed back into spring. It's been winter, and then it's been summer, and then it's been winter, and then it's been summer, and then it's been winter, and then it's been summer. And we've been winter again. Now, hopefully, we're ice is all melting. We're headed back towards summer again. So, I'm uh I'm I'm gonna kind of drag my feet here a little bit. I've I've been playing around with our system. Hopefully, it's gonna work better. Uh, I know Wednesday night had a few little glitches. Um, today may have a few little glitches. I apologize for that. If you don't like glitches, you can listen to the podcast because it's not got any glitches. <laughs> it's it's doing what it's supposed to do. I want to share with you a message, and I want to jump right into it because it may take me a minute. Um, I've got a lot of material here I want to share with you. It's exciting stuff. It excited me. This message derived from a gentleman who shares a daily uh, verse with us, with several guys. Um, and it's <laughs> this entire message spawned off of one verse he sent me uh, sometime last week. I've, I've worked on this message all through the week. Uh, I finally got it where I think I want it, but it took me from chapter 16 of the verse that he sent me all the way back to chapter 1, and I want to share with you 16 chapters of John this morning. No, I'm not going to read 16 chapters of John on here, so don't bail off just yet. What I want to do is highlight some things. I want to bring some some pictures out of the book of John. I titled this message this morning, Have You Ever Considered John. There is a lot of material in John. We know this. We've seen this. Many of you have seen it. Many of you have studied it. Well, we're going to look into it, and I'm going to uncover some nuggets that, that spoke to me. Hopefully, they'll speak to you in the same way. So I'm going to jump into this. Have you ever considered John? Now, the book of John starts out describing the deity of Jesus Christ. It's setting up his bio, if you will. John is is kind of setting the stage for who Jesus is. In John chapter 1, verses 1 through 5, it says, In the beginning, before all time, and I'm reading the amplified version here. So before all time was the Word, Christ. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God himself. He was continually existing in the beginning, co-eternally with God. All things were made and came into existence through him, and without him not even one thing was made that has come into being. In him was life and the power to bestow life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines out in the darkness, and in the darkness did not understand it, or overpower it, or appropriate it, or absorb it, and it is unreceptive of it. The darkness is unreceptive of light. I love that very passage of scripture right there. Darkness doesn't do with light. It flees light. You need to keep that one a little tucked away somewhere. We see that John was called and created to prepare the way. Uh, John chapter 1 verse 8 says, John was not the light, but came to testify about the light. He was a preparer of the way. The word of God became flesh through Christ in 1 John 1, 14-15, it says, And the word Christ became flesh and lived among us, and we actually saw his glory. Glory as belongs to the one and only begotten Son of the Father, the Son who is truly unique, the only one of his kind, who is full of grace and truth, absolutely free of deception. Jesus had no deception in him. John testified repeatedly about him and was cried and he and has cried out 
testifying officially for the record with validity and relevance, this was he of whom I said, he who comes after me is a higher rank than I and has priority over me, for he existed before me. So John's actually representing and, and speaking that Jesus was before him. He, he existed before John was ever even born. John's testimony. In, in John 1, 19 through 20, it says, This is the testimony of John the Baptist. When the Jews sent priests and Levites to him from Jerusalem to ask him, Who are you? And he confessed truthfully and did not deny that he was only a man. But I but acknowledged, I'm not the Christ, the Messiah, the anointed. He said, I am the voice of one shouting in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. Now here in the latter part of John chapter 1, we, we see the beginning of the public ministry of Jesus. Uh, as he begins to call his disciples out to follow him. John chapter 2, we see the first of many miracles recorded, as well as the cleansing of the temple where Jesus runs off the money changers. In chapter 3, we find Jesus speaking to Nicodemus about being born again. I love this part of this chapter, and many of you recognize this scripture. John chapter 3, verse 3 through 7, Jesus answered him, and he said, I assure you and most solemnly say to you, unless a person is born again, reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed and sanctified, he cannot ever see and experience the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born again when he is old? He cannot enter his mother's womb a second time and be born, can he? That's a crazy question, right? Jesus answered, I assure you and most solemnly say to you, unless one is born of water, natural birth, and the spirit, spiritual birth, he cannot ever enter the kingdom of God. To which is born of the flesh is flesh. The physical is merely physical. And that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not be surprised that I have told you, you must be born again, reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, and sanctified, being set apart. Whew, at the, I mean, that alone is a message all in itself, and we know this. Chapters 4 and 5 continue to describe the work of the Lord through many miraculous events, uh, who Jesus is and who God is, as well as the two resurrections and the testimony of John the testimony of works, the testimony of the Father, the testimony of the Scripture, and, and, and of many more. John chapter 6, we see the miracle of the feeding of the 5,000 and the story of Jesus walking on the water, one of my favorites, and how he speaks to the people, the Jews, and his disciples, as well as Peter's testimony we see in John 6. John chapter 7, we find Jesus teaching about the feast, then the division of the people concerning Jesus. In John chapter 8, we find the story of the adulterous woman whom the religious folks brought out to stone. This is worthy of a little, of a little read here. John chapter 8, verse 7, and then verse 10 through 11 says this. However, when they persisted in questioning him, he straightened up and said, He who is without any sin among you, let him be the first one to throw a stone at her. So they've accused this woman. They've drug her out in the street. She's been found guilty, right? So they're going to stone her, but they're looking, they're testing Jesus here. They're, they're kind of putting him to the test. We know the story, and I love how he says that, you who without sin cast the first stone. So he bent back down. We see that in, in, in chapter nine or verse nine, 8 and 9. But in, in verse 10 and 11, it says, straightening up, Jesus said to her, woman, where are they? Did no one condemn you? She answered, no one, Lord. And Jesus said, I do not condemn you either. Go from now on 
sin no more. Man, I, again, there's some there's a preachable message right there. I, I've preached it some before. Jesus confronted sin everywhere he went. Everyone talks about how Jesus was such a mellow, easygoing dude. Jesus confronted sin everywhere he went. He didn't condemn anyone. He always left them with a choice. Jesus is going to confront our sin, but he's always going to leave us with a choice. It's up to us what we do with what he says. He tells this woman who's been caught in adultery, probably a prostitute, could be anyway, and he tells her, go and sin no more. So, so what he's saying to her is, today you've been set free. You were, you were caught in your sin, you were guilty, but rather than being condemned, today you're forgiven, go and sin no more. He tells that to all of us. Go and sin no more. It's our choice what we do with that. Jesus describes himself as the light of the world. In John 8, verse 12, it says, Once more Jesus addressed the crowd. He said, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in the darkness, but will have the light of life. The truth will set you free. John 8, 31-32, So Jesus was saying to the Jews who had believed him, if you abide in my word, continually obeying my teachings and living in accordance with them, then you are truly my disciples, my followers. And you will know the truth regarding salvation and the truth will set you free from the penalty of sin. Jesus is the truth and he is the one who sets us free from the penalty of sin. In John 9, we find where Jesus heals a blind man. But in doing so, controversy breaks out among the religious folks. This is John 9, verse 39. Then Jesus said, I came into this world for judgment, to separate those who believe in me from those who reject me. I declare judgment on those who choose to be separated from God, so that the sightless would see and those who see would become blind. Whew. There's a lot packed into that little scripture too. He came to set those free, but those who don't want to be set free will remain blind. In chapter 10, the parable of the Good Shepherd comes into play. In chapter 11, we find a familiar story of the death and resurrection of Jesus' friend Lazarus. And I really like this. This is John chapter 11, uh, verse 25 and, through, and 26, and then we'll jump to 35 or 33 through 35. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in, adheres to, trusts in, relies on me as Savior will live even if he dies. And if everyone who lives and believes in me as Savior will never die, do you believe this? It was a question he was asking to Lazarus' sisters. When Jesus saw her sobbing and the Jews who had come with her also sobbing, he was deeply moved in spirit to the point of anger at the sorrow caused by death. I, I, I love the descriptiveness here. We, we, we know that, that Jesus was moved in sorrow at the loss of his friend. But he's, he's literally moved to the point of anger at the sorrow caused by death. Many of us are moved in that same way. We understand that the, the loss of someone that we love, we, especially those that we know are believers in Jesus Christ, we know where they're destined. We know where their destiny is. We know that they're no longer in pain. We know that they're no longer suffering. But we're angered at the sorrow that comes from the cause of death. And, and he was troubled and said, where have you laid him? They said, Lord, come and see. And then we find that famous scripture, Jesus wept. 
He was moved emotionally by the loss of his friend, even though he knows the destiny. He knows what's coming. He's still moved by the sorrow of the loss. He's angered by the sorrow of the loss. In John 12, we find Mary anointing Jesus in the triumphal entry recorded and Jesus for the tell, and, and telling of his death, foretelling of his death. In chapter 13, this is a busy place. We find the story of the Last Supper where Jesus washes his disciples' feet, even the deception and the betrayal by Judas. Chapter 14, we find Jesus comforting his disciples. In 14, uh, John 14, 1-6, Jesus said, Do not let your heart be troubled, afraid, or cowardly. Believe confidently in God and trust in him. Have faith, hold on to it, rely on it, keep going, and believe also in me. In my Father's house are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you, because I'm going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back again, and I will take you to myself, so that where I am, you may be also. And to the place where I am going, you know the way. Thomas, doubting Thomas, Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you're going, so how can we know the way? I love this piece of scripture. This is one of my all-time favorites. You see me quote this one a lot. Jesus said to him, this is John 14, 6, Jesus said to him, I am the only way to God and the real truth and the real life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Whew. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to God except through a relationship with Jesus Christ. It is the only path to eternity. Chapter 15, or eternity with God. <laughs> There's an eternity that goes the other direction. We don't want to go there. But the eternity with God, Jesus Christ, the only path. In chapter 15, Jesus teaches about the vine and the branches. Uh, John 15, 1 through 7 says, I am the, the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that continues to bear fruit, he repeatedly prunes, so that it will bear more fruit, even richer and finer fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have given you, the teachings which I have discussed with you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. Just as no branch can bear fruit by itself without remaining in the vine, neither can you bear fruit, producing evidence of your faith, unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. The one who remains in me, and I in him, bears much fruit. For otherwise, apart from me, that is, cut off from vital union with me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not remain in me, he is thrown out like a broken off branch and withers and dies. And they gather such branches and throw them into the fire and they are burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, that is, if we are vitally united and my message lives in your heart, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Whew. That's some good stuff right there. That was John 15 verse 1 through 7. He then describes the disciples' relationship to each other as well as to the world. And then John 16. <laughs> I said all of this to get to John 16. John 16, we're going to go to verse 1 through 3. I have told you these things so that you will not stumble or be caught off guard and fall away. 
Everything that Jesus is speaking to his disciples, all of this teaching that he's been doing, all the ministry that he's doing, he says, I've told you these things so that you will not stumble or be caught off guard and fall away. They will put you out of the synagogue and make you outcasts. And a time is coming when whoever kills you will think that he is offering service to God. And they will do these things because they have not known the Father or me. Now, here comes the promise. This is the treasure that I wanted to uncover. John chapter 15, or 16, verse 5 through 11, it says, But now I am going to him who sent me, and none of you asks me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your hearts and taken complete possession of them. But I tell you that, sorry about that. But I tell you the truth. Let me fix that real quick so don't do that again. All right. But I tell you the truth, it is your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper, the comforter, the advocate, the intercessor, the counselor, the strengthener, the standby, I love how it puts that, the standby will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him, the Holy Spirit, to you to be in close fellowship with you. Ron and I were just talking about this passage of scripture. He had to go away so that the comforter could come. And and he, when he comes, will convict the world about the guilt of sin and the need of a savior. The Holy Spirit comes to convict the world of the need of a savior, that they're in sin. That without the Holy Spirit, we don't have the power. We don't have what it takes to draw all men unto God. It's all through his Holy Spirit that that comes. That is good stuff. And when he comes, he will convict the whole world, the guilt of sin and the need of a Savior and about righteousness and about judgment, about sin and the true nature of it. There is a true nature of sin that we need to understand. Sin is death. Sin is decay. Sin is like mold. Sin is like rot. It's going to eventually decay whatever is whatever it is on. It's like a rusted old car. It's going to keep eating away like almost like a cancer until it de- until it devours whatever it's on. Sin is something we must purify in our hearts. Because they do not believe in me and my message about righteousness, personal integrity or godly carrier character because I am going to my father and you will no longer see me. There's about judgment, the certainty of it, because the ruler of this world, Satan, has been judged and condemned. Now we're going to drop down just a bit here in this passage where he continues. And this is the this is the this is the crucial moment. This is what started this whole message. John chapter 16, verse 32 through 33. Listen close to this. Take careful notice An hour is coming and has arrived when you will all be scattered each to his own home, leaving me alone. And yet I'm not alone because the father is with me. Listen, if you're feeling alone this morning, you need to understand what Jesus was saying. If you're a believer, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, if you're surrendered to him, if you've asked him to forgive you, if you've invited him into your life, you'll never be alone again. You may feel alone in this world. You may feel dumped. You may feel put away. No, there, You may feel like you don't have a friend in this country. Jesus will never leave you nor forsake you. You're never alone. He was never alone. Even though his disciples were scattered to the wind in fear, 
He was never alone. God was with him. His father was with him always. He goes on to say, I have told you these things so that in me you may have perfect peace. You know, I saw someone else using this scripture this morning, and it, it, it just brightened my heart thinking, I'm fixing to preach that message. I have told you these things so that in me you may have perfect peace. In the world you have tribulation and distress and suffering. We understand that completely. But be courageous, be confident, be undaunted, and be filled with joy. I have overcome the world. My conquest is accomplished, my victory abiding. Listen, we don't have any reason to be afraid of anything. We don't have any reason to fear whatever's coming in this world. We don't have any reason to fear whatever world conflict is going on. This is a time for the follower of Jesus Christ to stand up, to take his rightful place. Retreat is not an option. Boy, I spoke that last night in my story time. Retreat is not an option. There's nothing to go back to. Ladies and gentlemen, we need to take notice that the hour is coming and is now here. This is our time to shine. This is our time to stand. This is our time to take up arms with the Father. The, the, the weapons of our warfare, they're not carnal. They're not physical. It's not like going and grabbing a gun out of my gun cabinet. That's not what he's talking about. It's about getting on our knees. It's about sharpening our sword, lifting up the Word of God. That is our weapon. The Word of God is our weapon. The, the, the Literally, the Spirit is our shield. The Bible is our weapon. The very Word of God, the very truth of God will set men free. You have got to catch this. This is an exciting time. Yes, there's a lot of things going on in our world. I'll tell you right now, you need to be careful what you buy into because deception is rampant. Deception is all around us. Darkness is creeping in everywhere. Shine your light. Brighten the lamp. Don't trim it. Lift it up. Get it out in the open and let your light so shine before men that they see your Father. They see what you're about. Stand on truth no matter what comes your way. You know, the Bible's full of talking about how we could be overcome with conflict. We're not immune to conflict. We're not immune to sorrow. We're not immune to, to wounds. But those who overcome, those who endure till the end, they shall be saved. The, 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 we're not, we're not I'm, my wife Rhonda says this a certain way, and I love how she says it, um, something about we're, we're not subject to wrath. We're, we're not going to face God's wrath. We're not going to face God's wrath at all. We're going to stand, and we're going to be counted as one of his as long as we're surrendered to him. Today, give your life to Jesus Christ. Don't delay this any longer. If you've been hedging around on a fence, you've been playing games with God, quit playing games. Get in the game. Get serious about your walk. Get serious about your faith. We don't have time to do anything else. We have The Father has need of us on this earth. We're his voice. We're his light. We're, we're the hands and feet of Jesus right here on this earth right now. The Holy Spirit came to empower us, to give us encouragement, to give us strength, to be able to speak those things out to what need to be spoken. Without the Holy Spirit in me, I wouldn't be doing this with you today. I wouldn't have what it takes to do this today. I, I don't have what it takes to do this anyway. It's the Holy Spirit pours into me that most of that stuff that comes boiling out of me, it ain't mine. It comes straight from the Father. 
I'm just the vessel. And that's what he's looking for you to be. Be a vessel today. Let him wash you clean, wash you out, and pour into you his anointing, his oil, his fire that overflows and ignites a flame in someone else. That's what he's called us to be. Have you ever considered John? I, didn't, I, didn't, I challenge you to read the book of John. I stopped at chapter 16. There's more. <laughs> There's more that I left out from 1 to 16. I just sent some highlights to you is all I did. Go back and read that chapter. Go back and read that entire book. Let God speak into your life. Get in his word. His word is our weapon. His word is, is, is sharpening our swords to fight. And it's time for us to take our stand. Let God in. Just like it says, take careful notice. The hour is coming and has arrived. This is our time. Amen. God bless you guys. We love you. Thank you so much for tuning in. I pray this message comes strong to you. I pray that you, you, you open your heart to receive it. Let God move in you in ways you've never let him move before. And watch the Holy Spirit set you free. Amen. We love you. You know all the things that you can do to help us. We could certainly use your financial support. If you can support us financially, all of our giving links are on our website, www.livingloudoutdoors.com. They're on our Facebook page right in the in the opener that's pinned to the top. You can support us through our podcast. There's addresses on there you can send. There's other ways you could support us, Venmo, Cash App. I got all kinds of ways you could do this. The Simple Give app is our easiest. If you can, If you can help us financially, we would certainly appreciate it. I know that God will bless you for it. We pray that God will pour back in in the same measure in which you give. He'll give back to you, pressed down, shaken together, running over. It'll be poured into your lap, his blessing. Amen. Pray for us. Please pray for Ron and I. We are torchbearers. We are on the front line. We are pushing forward his word. Man, Ron and I spend countless hours igniting each other, (laughs) iron sharpening iron. We have more conversations about spiritual things than we have about anything else in our life. It is such an incredibly passionate time between the two of us. Pray for us. Pray for our family. Pray for wholeness. Pray for provision. And pray that God will give us discernment and wisdom and, and eyesight to see what it is he's got for us to do. Amen. We love you. We're praying for you. God bless you. We'll talk to you again real soon.